Good morning. I'm Riley, and this is Lifestyle Tucson, a program where I speak with nonprofit groups and organizations, finding out how they serve the community and getting updates on current projects. For the first portion of today's show, I'm sharing my recent conversation with the new Rescue Me Morana Pet Adoption Center. I'm speaking with Nancy Youngwright. I am the board president. Well, after four years of fundraising and planning, Rescue Me Tucson has now expanded to open Rescue Me Morana. To start things off, I would really like to hear about the mission and vision of Rescue Me Tucson for anyone who's unfamiliar. Yes, absolutely. Well, our mission is to open this collaborative-based pet adoption center, which we've done. And our vision is to just help decrease the number of animals that are uh, euthanized in the, the state of Arizona and nationwide. We're part of the best friends group of folks that believes we can uh, become a no-kill nation. Uh, their vision is to make it by 2025. We don't know everything they know, uh, but we do know that in Arizona and New Mexico and some other southwestern states, there are areas where the data is not, not really as well known as, as what uh, we know in other parts of the country. So we're specifically interested in helping more rural areas as well. And one of our partners is Valley Humane out of Casa Grande, who goes up into different areas where there are Native American reservations and assists with the animals there. And they go to small municipal shelters and small private shelters. And we really like working with them because we believe that's where the highest need is. And certainly there's plenty of need in this community as well. We're also interested, our vision is also in helping to inform the public about the difference between a responsible breeder and what's known as a puppy mill. Mm -hmm. So that's part of our um, mission is to help educate the public. Okay, so I, I'd seen the phrase collaborative-based pet adoption on your website. Can you explain to me further what that means? Yes, I can. That means that we're working with other groups. Um, we're open to working with other groups who are comfortable with our handling the adoptions for them. It's a same-day adoption process, which is generally what you see at the local Humane Society, Pima Animal Care Center, which is where I was trained for off and on for about 20 years doing adoptions and helping animals. Um, so... Some groups do um, home checks and they take uh, multiple days to do their adoption. So we want to assist them in whatever way we can by referring people to them. But we're probably not the place that they are comfortable putting their animals, mm -hmm. if that makes sense. So we're uh, collaborative-based with, um, with whoever is comfortable with our process and our approach to this. And we're actually based on something called No Kill LA, run by Best Friends, out in Los Angeles. Okay. Of course, that's a, a large organization, and we're a local group, uh, taking that idea to a local level. Okay. Uh, can you tell me a bit more just about this new location, the Rescue Me Morana, and uh, what types of pets oh, are available bet. there? You bet. Uh, we are located at 6401 West Morana Boulevard, Suite 902, and that's right across from Old Navy for people who are okay. familiar with that mall up there. It's called Tucson Premium Outlets or the Outlet Malls, and that's at Twin Peaks and I-10. Um, so that's kind of over on the east side, and I include all of this because it's a big place. Mm -hmm. And it's a really bright and appealing um, space for the animals. Uh, we want them to, um, to have a good experience. We want the, the, the folks coming in to enjoy the experience as well. So it's not like going into a shelter. It's mm -hmm. like going into, you know, a different store in a, in a retail area. So we have eight kennels for the cats, eight kennels for the cats, and we have five kennels for the dogs, plus a little bit of overflow in case one of our partners needs us to bring in puppies for them. If I was looking into adding a new furry family member into my posse, uh, what would the process be like? 
Well, we'd invite you to look on our Facebook and see who we've got. That's how we advertise our animals. Uh, they're not on our website currently because we're all volunteer and there's mm-hmm. just a few of us doing a lot of things. So check our Facebook or just come on in. Get new animals as um, the existing ones are adopted and we never know what the day may bring. Um, in general, our partners bring us animals as we ask them to or as we go and get them. So we, um, we may have uh, a variety of large, medium, and small dogs, and we have a lot of great cats. Generally, we're taking in a lot of kittens right now from Valley Humane as well as adult cats, but um, cats have been my department. It's been a real joy to work with them, and we have uh, all volunteers, as I mentioned, walking the dogs, taking care of the dogs and cats, and we have a lot of need for additional volunteer help. That's something I was wondering about. So if the whole thing is ran on volunteers, what is volunteering like? Like, what would that entail for Oh, someone? sure. Well, we're open every day to the public from 12 to 6, and we're there a lot longer than that, of course, caring for the animals. Mm-hmm. Um, so we start dog walking around 8 o'clock in the morning, and we continue walking them on shorter walks throughout the day to keep them happy. We have opportunities just to kind of play with the dogs as well inside the store or sit with them. And then uh, we need people to help us with the cats. Again, they can come and play with the cats, just kind of spend time with the cats, help us, you know, with the kennel care. Mm -hmm. And then we pick up another shift uh, toward the end of the day around 5 is our evening shift, and that would go on till 7. And I believe you also ask what's it like to mm-hmm. adopt. And I'm sorry, yeah. I didn't answer that earlier. We have an application, yeah. kind of a survey. We just talk with you about what your lifestyle's like, what kind of animals you already have. Um, are you looking for a couch potato kind mm-hmm. of a dog? Or are you looking for a running buddy? And we're seeking to match you up with the right kind of animal for your lifestyle. And we're, we're trying to see if, if who we have works for you. And if we don't have... The kind of animal you're looking for, we have a map of other major places in town, other brick-and-mortar places to go, and we also listen to people about what they're looking for, and we refer them to other shelters, other rescues, and we help them use something called Pet Finder, Pet Harbor, their Mm -hmm. search engines. So we want to help them find the right animal for them, and if we can't help them there, we want to, we spend quite a lot of time talking to them about Mm -hmm. where else to find an animal. Yeah, something uh, to consider is, you know, finding that, that good fit, they're less likely to give that pet back up if they have that connection Correct. and that they, their personalities match each other. Uh, since this is a collaborative pet adoption and they're coming from other local shelters, are things like shots, health exams, spay and neuter- neutering, is that already taken care of? Thank you for asking. Yes, they all have to be um, altered, spay- okay. spayed or neutered, mm-hmm. vaccinated, um, microchipped, and uh, be up to date on everything they need as they come in the door. Okay. So that means we're not trying to... Um, rush any animal in or out of there Mm -hmm. we want to it is a same day adoption in most in most cases but we're taking our time we really want people to think about it we don't want it to be an impulse adoption Mm -hmm. we want them to um to really think about it because this is going to be like the next 20 years of of their life with a cat a young cat um it's going to be the next 10 15 uh, years of their life maybe more if they're lucky with a Mm -hmm. dog depending on the age of course of the animal so we really want people to think about things like veterinary cost. Mm-hmm. We want them to think about time and their willingness to spend time with their animals because, you know, that's super important. Time is as important as anything else to an animal. You're listening to Lifestyle Tucson. I'm speaking with Nancy Young-Wright from Rescue Me Morana, the recently opened pet adoption center. Yeah, and kind of building off of that, uh, there are other 
things you don't necessarily consider when you're adopting a pet. When I adopted my cat, I just I fell in love with her little fluffy face. I adopted her, like, and then I get home, I'm like, oh, I don't, I don't have food. Oh, <laughs> you know, do, are you correct. able? Do you have stuff like that available yes. for like a one-stop shopping? Yes, we do. Uh, we do have um, quite a lot of inventory, not as much as we will be building up to mm -hmm. since we just opened about seven weeks ago. But we do have um, litter boxes, scoops, food, um, dishes that people can buy on the spot. Mm -hmm. Or we understand if they want to uh, take their cat or dog home and go wherever they'd like to go. Mm -hmm. So we do have leashes, collars, toys, um, food to get people started. We do talk a lot about what an animal needs, so I'm mm -hmm. glad you brought that up because, yes, it's something to think about. And every animal needs to go out with a leash and a collar on if it's a dog or in a carrier if it's a cat. Mm -hmm. So we do have some um, carriers to purchase, and we do have mm -hmm. leashes and collars, or people can bring their own. And we're happy to hold an animal while they run home and get what they have if they already have it. So as I said, I, I adopted my cat. I also adopted my dog. It's Personally, I will always choose to adopt pets, um, but I know that's not necessarily the case for everyone. And you kind of touched on this earlier. You, you have firsthand experience with helping pets find forever homes. I was hoping you would share with me why you feel it's so important to consider adoption. Thank you. Uh, it's, it's so important because a lot of great animals are out in shelters and rescues through no fault of their own. Mm -hmm. uh, their owners uh, are just going through a difficult time and maybe they just can't keep them anymore or they had a, um, a litter they weren't planning. Mm -hmm. um, we're also near just areas where you get out away from Tucson and Phoenix and those areas and you get into rural areas where there may not be a veterinarian. If there is, they can't do low-cost spay-neuter or mm -hmm. vaccine clinics. So all around us, out into Arizona, New Mexico, areas around us, there's a lot of animals that need placement. So they're just great animals just needing a home and rescues and shelters are working really hard to help them. So. Uh, I would just ask people to um, give these animals a chance and go down and check them out. And we frequently hear from people, I'm looking for a small dog. So we try to help them with whatever that is, particularly if it's a specific breed, like a breed-specific rescue. We tell them, Google, you know, whatever, Yorkie mm -hmm. of Arizona rescue, and you'll probably find one up in Phoenix. In Tucson, we have more general rescues, and but we still have breed-specific mm -hmm. rescues here. So we refer people to those. And if all else fails, if they just cannot find what they're looking for and they get to the point like I talked to a few people who really really wanted a particular animal mm -hmm. before the holidays for their children then I tell them you know here's how to find the difference between what we call a responsible breeder and one that might be sourcing from what we call a puppy mill and while there is no legal definition of a puppy mill it's in general any facility or operation that puts the welfare of the parents second mm -hmm. to profit so it's profit over the welfare of the animal. That means they breed the animal every heat. They don't provide enough medical care or veterinary care to make sure their teeth are okay or mm -hmm. they're not developing tumors. And you can talk to some of the rescues in town who've taken in the mothers from so-called puppy mills, and they're in pretty bad shape. Mm -hmm. Generally, they're, they're exhausted. They're worn out. They're matted. Their teeth are not cared for. So the burden on rescues is pretty heavy from this kind of breeding. Mm -hmm. And you don't have to come from what we might think of as a full-scale factory farming type puppy mill to be a puppy mill. You can be somebody's backyard breeder dog yeah. that's just bred repeatedly and repeatedly. And in Arizona, we do have a special challenge because we actually have a law here that stops Tucson or Phoenix or Pima County or anybody from stopping those kinds of sales mm -hmm. in pet stores. And the only other state like that is Ohio. So uh, we don't have local control over what happened. So the other reason we wanted to start this enterprise is to talk to people about that. Mm -hmm. 
and, and just help them find what we call a responsible breeder. So you had mentioned that Rescue Me Morana, Rescue Me Morana uh, just recently opened a couple of weeks ago. Can you tell me a bit about how it's been so far in these opening weeks? Sure, yeah. It's been seven weeks now, going on eight weeks, and we're really picking up steam. Um, I know that I've got one way to count the traffic. That's by handing out masks, since mm-hmm. we are requiring masks right now at the store. Sunday, I handed out more than 100. Okay. And, of course, there's plenty of people coming in the door who already have their own. So um, so, so there's one way of knowing. Um, we've had more than 60 adoptions oh, wonderful. in seven weeks. And, again, we're not seeking to have rapid adoptions. We're seeking to have careful adoptions. But I think the, the need is there up in that part of the community. Um, that far northwest, there aren't that many places to adopt. Mm-hmm. And it's also making it more convenient for people. And we're talking to a lot of people who said, oh, I've been wanting to adopt a dog or a cat, and here you are. And I don't have to drive, you know, all the way across town to find an animal. So um, there's been, and then we've also met people coming down from Pinal County who visit that mall and all over the place, actually. So it's been pretty cool. Well, and it's one of those things, too, when you see... Personally, I see an animal. I'm drawn right Mm -hmm. away. i got to go see what's going on over there, see if I can, yeah. Yes. (laughs) I want to meet the animals. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So So do you have anything uh, kind of on the agenda uh, moving forward? Yes. um, Moving forward, we'd like to expand to work with more groups Mm -hmm. if possible. Uh, Right now we're working with Pima Animal Care Center and Valley Humane, and we're thrilled working with them. Um, As we move forward and we have more capacity, like mm-hmm. more volunteers and maybe um, a vehicle specifically designed for transport. We'd like to go further out into Arizona to help more um, more rural areas um, as we as we move along. And we might open another location even. You know, um, there's other what we call adoption gaps in Tucson. Mm-hmm. One of them is way up here in the northwest where we are. There are other parts of the community as well where it's just not as convenient to adopt. So we'll see as the future rolls out. Um, We have also are more than willing to share what we call our template with other communities and other towns and states um, in the hopes that it might help them as well Um, as we get going. We've learned a lot about uh, what it takes to run and operate something like this, and we're actually open more hours right now than some of the professionally staffed Mm -hmm. shelters are. So um, we're dedicated to being there for people and helping the animals. Uh, and so Rescue Me Tucson, Rescue Me Morana, you are a nonprofit 501c3 organization. Correct. What do you do with donations? As we roll along, we have some programming we'd like to do that we're not really ready to discuss yet, but yep. we'd like to do more outreach into the community and more programming. So in the future, we'll be talking more mm-hmm. about that. But at the present time, it's it's kind of um, daily expenses. Uh, just 100% of it goes into our mission, though. At the present time, we do not have any paid staff. What do you recommend just the best place to go for people to find out more, whether looking to adopt or looking to volunteer their time? Yes, you bet. I would go to our Facebook page, and I would also go to our website, which is www.rescuemetucson.org. I'm just uh, thankful for the opportunity to reach out to your listeners and to encourage them to adopt. That's our first preference, and then we're, we're there to help them also if they need referrals to um, low-cost spay-neuter, vaccine clinics, something like that. We're, we're happy to help talk to people about those needs. Wonderful. Well, Nancy, before I let you go, where again is the new Rescue Me Morana location? It is up at Twin Peaks and I-10 in the Tucson Premium Outlets, and we're in Suite 902 at 6401 West Morana Center Boulevard. 
Thank you for having me. It's been a pleasure. You've been listening to Lifestyle Tucson. That was Nancy Young-Wright from the recently opened Pet Adoption Center, Rescue Me Marana. For the next portion of today's show, I'm sharing my conversation with the Community Food Bank of Southern Arizona. I'm speaking with... Norma Cable, Public Relations and Marketing Specialist, Community Food Bank of Southern Arizona. It's been a minute since we last spoke, but I still would like to start off with a bit of background since, you know, Tucson and Southern Arizona is just such a continually growing community. Can you just tell me a bit more about the Community Food Bank of Southern Arizona, what you do and what areas you serve? Absolutely. So the Community Food Bank was founded more than 40 years ago, and we do now serve five counties in Southern Arizona. That would be Cochise, Graham, Greenlee, Santa Cruz, and of course, Pima County. So we do have our main warehouse here in Tucson, but we do distribute food all over Southern Arizona um, to a lot of rural areas. um, And we also operate a lot of programs. I think that many people think a food bank is uh, just a place to go get food. And certainly you can do that. Um, at our resource centers, which are in Marana and Nogales and Amato and Green Valley and in Tucson. But we also do attack hunger from many different um, areas. And so we do have a farm where we do offer free garden plots for people to come and learn how to grow fresh fruit and vegetables. We do also operate a community kitchen called Caridad Community Kitchen, and that is a place of tremendous energy and work. Uh, We last year uh, prepared almost 600,000 meals there, and that includes meals for seniors, but also free community meals and also grab-and-go meals for people who are experiencing homelessness. We've certainly seen an increase in demand for that kind of service. And then we also operate school gardens. We also operate school pantries. We also operate a job training program out of Caridad to help people learn culinary skills and to help them get into the job market with some uh, skills that will help them get a better paying job. We also work on health and nutrition, knowing that diet-related disease is an issue for many of the people that we serve. So trying to get the healthiest and most nutritious food out there. We do nutrition education for children. We also partner with many agencies, and that means helping to fund them so that they can operate a pantry or so that they can operate programs that will help people. So we really um, are doing our best to operate in so many different ways to help uh, people who are in need and to help better our community. We work also with local growers to get fresh produce into the community. Also being very conscious that if we're distributing food and it's not food that's good for you, then then are we really doing uh, anything good? So we really focus on healthy food, nutritious food, and getting it out there to the community. And lots of different methods of getting it out mm-hmm. into the community. As you mentioned, you've seen like the spike in uh, demand. Could you tell me a bit of how this time um, compares to a year ago, say this time? Absolutely. Yes, great question, too. So we just wrapped up a record-breaking year for the Community Food Bank. We distributed 86 million pounds of food um, last year throughout those five counties in southern Arizona. And we right now are really preparing for what is going to come our way. November is always our busiest month and always that week of Thanksgiving, those days leading up to Thanksgiving, our busiest days of the year when we see the most demand. So last year um, at this time, we were operating out of Keno um, Stadium at Mm -hmm. the parking lot because the county was good enough to give us that huge space. 
we were uh, lining up uh, four rows of cars early in the morning and seeing people coming through for a solid three to four hours. And last um, Tuesday before Thanksgiving, we served nearly 2,500 people in the parking lot there using the solar canopies to shade the food and our volunteers and just hoping we weren't going to run out of food. And we did not. So we're very proud of that. Uh, We do not expect to see that kind of demand this year. Our numbers have certainly gone down. Um, and we are not operating out of Keno anymore. They needed that parking lot to um, distribute the vaccine. So we moved back to our parking lot at our main warehouse on 3003 South Country Club last January, and that's where we are. We are still operating drive-through distribution because in light of COVID, we just haven't been able to um, say that it's a safe practice yet to welcome people back into our building um, like things worked before the pandemic. So right now it is still drive-through distribution. So we are doing our best. Um, and yes, we are expecting an increase in traffic. We are operating on winter hours right now, which means we open at 8 and we run distribution until 11 on Tuesdays, Wednesdays, and Thursdays. And we'll have some extended hours as we deal with that increase in demand that we are expecting. Different from last year, we're not expecting those kind of numbers. At the same time, we're still ramping up for an increase in traffic and demand because we know this time of year that is always what happens. Something I had noticed right away when I was looking at uh, communityfoodbank.org was the big banner across that says $1 helps feed two families of four. Can you explain to me a bit more of how that works? Sure. It's a question of our bulk purchasing power in terms of when we receive a dollar, we can make it go further um, than something you would buy um, at the grocery store. And so that's just how it breaks down in terms of meals. Um, we know also that I think it's about 96% of our donations, um, I'm sorry, of the money that comes in goes toward our food programming. So really important numbers to know. We do take that uh, very seriously and know that, um, you know, your donation matters. And so we can put it to good use. I think that's something important. Sometimes if you don't have a lot to give, you feel like, well, is it going to make a difference? But with $1 being able to stretch that far, a $5 donation can actually make a sizable impact for families in need this time of year. It really can. It really can. It's something that, um, you know, is surprising to think about, but it certainly does matter. And we know that families are in need. Um, We certainly have seen the demand go down. We are happy to see that because it was so incredibly Mm -hmm. high last year. Um, And we are also proud of the fact that we have stayed open throughout this whole pandemic, able to serve people. We have had to adjust hours at our resource centers. We have had to adjust the ways we operate because, um, like I said, we do need to take our COVID precautions. So our our resource centers operate with drive-up or low-touch distribution, continuing to be careful um, in times of pandemic, but then also looking forward, hopefully, Um, next year, hopefully early next year, to beginning to greet people again inside our resource centers. We are looking forward to that day. We know that that's an important part of the services that we provide. Mm -hmm. And making that connection always makes a a big difference and feeling connected to other people. I wanted to bring up one of the big events for the Community Food Bank because it's returning this year, the Winter Haven Festival of Lights. I (laughs) I was kind of blown away. I did not realize that this has been going on for over 70 years. The, yes. The, so, um, can you yes. Just tell me Isn't a bit that amazing? More, right. <laughs> That's... 
Sure. Amazing. Yeah, uh, I just we like are to hear more. so happy to have that back this year because it is just a beautiful tradition, and um, so we are just so very grateful. And Winter Haven, um, being able to walk that neighborhood and see the lights, I think, is just something that makes everybody feel better, and especially during the holidays when the residents there are so good about just decorating to the hilt. It's such oh, a yeah. beautiful sight. So yes, um, and Winter Haven. Uh, will open. I think it's December 11th, and it runs through the 26th. Um, it's walkthrough only, I think, except for that last night. What we love about it is that we do get, again, more fabulous volunteers to help us out. So when people are bringing a bag of food or a cash donation, we have people stationed at the entrances to help collect that. And again, it's just a part of making this season a little more of a giving season, explaining to your children why you're bringing a bag of food to Winter Haven, what that difference can make. And so we are so happy to see that back. That is our second biggest food drive of the year, and we dearly missed it last year. I think overall, with the way COVID is running, we have been able to open up a lot of our public food drives back up, just like Holiday Harvest. Uh, well, that did operate last year, but Winter Haven and other events had to be closed because mm-hmm. we just weren't so sure of what was going on. And those public food drives make a huge difference to our supply in terms of getting the variety of food that we need to supply to families who are in need throughout southern Arizona. So, so happy to see Winter Haven back, very excited about it. Um, it's a wonderful event, and we love the fact that we can combine it with giving to people who are in need. So wonderful. Yeah, very excited about it. Yeah, and that's another one that kind of just becomes part of like a family tradition, going through your walk mm-hmm. on Winter Haven, dropping off your donations. That's right. Yeah. And so you mentioned that the Community Food Bank has its winter hours right now. And from what I understand, you also usually close for a couple of days uh, near the end of the year. Um, so what's coming up there? Yes, we will have that holiday closure again this year. Last year, honestly, it just came as such a much-needed break mm-hmm. because when we were operating out of Kino, um, yes, we could operate fine and get the food out there, but it really took a toll on a lot of our people, our drivers especially out there at 3.45 in the morning and then having to work usually very long days. And so we did start with that closure last year, and we will be closed again this year. And that is only at the end of December. It is traditionally one of our lightest weeks of the year. And so let me check these dates for sure. Yeah, Um, get people through the holidays and then reset a little bit. That's right. It's a reset. That's exactly what it is. So the 24th through the 31st, we will be closed um, in December and then back open on January 3rd. But it is really just a chance for us to Um, take a breath and get a break and be with our families. And um, like I said, it is one of our lightest weeks of the year. So we were able to do it last year and not have it affect a lot of people. Um, We do know that a lot of our partner agencies are open at that time. Um, And so we will be taking those days again. Yes, the 24th through the 31st. Because of November and because of how heavy it is in November, We will be extending our food distribution hours on November 18th, which is a Thursday, and then on that Tuesday and Wednesday right before Thanksgiving, which is the 23rd and the 24th. And that's just a chance to get um, all that traffic that we do expect um, through and make sure that everybody gets the food that they have waited in line for. So um, November is looking uh, looking at us right in the eye, mm-hmm. and we will respond.
respond and um, and know that it's going to be a busy one. Absolutely. Well, Norma, is there anything else you would like to add before we wrap things up today? Just a real gratitude for the community that is out there, for everyone who has offered us a bag of food or a monetary donation or held a food drive for us especially within the last year because of the high need that we've seen. Also, if you do have some questions that we didn't answer, communityfoodbank.org is our website. You can find a lot of what we're doing, uh, volunteer opportunities, how to donate, any other questions that you have. So we welcome you to go and take a look at, at what all is going on. Um, like I said, it's almost difficult to kind of sum it up mm-hmm. uh, because there is so much work going on all the time. Um, but again, we're just working hard and really grateful for all the support we've seen through this last year, especially. Wonderful. Well, Norma, thank you very much for getting us a little bit of an update and uh, the return of Winter Haven Festival of Lights and a little bit of a call to some volunteers if anyone is looking to help out with the food bank this year. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Riley. I really appreciate it. Of course. Well, I will be talking to you again sometime, Norma. I know it. Great. All right. Look forward to it. Thank you. (laughs) You're very welcome. We'll chat later. You've been listening to Lifestyle Tucson. That was Norma Cable from the Community Food Bank of Southern Arizona. If you're part of a nonprofit group or organization that would like to be featured in an upcoming episode of the program, you can reach out to us by email, publicaffairs at azlotus.com. That's publicaffairs at azlotus.com. For more information about the Lifestyle Tucson program or to listen back to something you may have missed, you can go to the Sunday Mornings page at mixfm.com, kfma.com, klpx.com, or espntucson.com.